Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we pray, as we always do, that you would be here with us now, and we trust that you have kept your promise and are here. May my words this morning be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask all of this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I am the resurrection and the life says the Lord. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Those are the opening words to our service for the burial of the dead. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Funerals, specifically your funeral. Now, I bet that's not what you thought you'd be hearing when you walked into church this morning, but here you are. It's too late to back out now. Now, I did actually once turn around and leave a service. It was at an Episcopal church in Tucson, Arizona, and it was Clown Sunday. (laughs) But I turned around in the lobby. Um, Luckily, the greeters were dressed up as clowns, too. You, on the other hand, have gotten all the way into the sermon. It's too late for you. And now that I think about it, it might be too late for this sermon, too. Is anyone here going to be able to pay attention to anything I said after I mentioned clowns someday? (laughs) You have so many questions, don't you? Were they happy clowns or sad clowns? Was anyone murdered during the service? (laughs) I don't have any answers, though. Uh, Like I said, I turned and walked out. So maybe we begin again. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Now, the text, one of the texts that we have before us this morning, the one I want to focus our attention on, Revelation 7, this beautiful picture of a heavenly worship service, this text is traditionally read at funerals. And that's appropriate for this week, because like I said, we are going to be talking about funerals, your funeral. And if you're thinking to yourself now that a funeral theme is somehow inappropriate for Sunday morning worship, These last few weeks of Sunday morning worship should have disabused you of that notion. It's all we've been talking about. Death. Followed, of course, as it always is in Christ, by resurrection. First in Holy Week, between Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter morning, we spent hours talking about Jesus' last week of life, and especially how he was arrested, tortured, And killed before being raised from the dead. And then the Sunday after Easter, we remembered the death, 
of Thomas's faith, a death which was then reversed by the arrival of the resurrected Jesus. And then the same thing happened last Sunday to the Apostle Peter, this disciple who might as well have been dead, having denied his Lord three times, is met and given new life by Christ. And so we gather this morning appropriately to talk again about death, but not just to talk about it, to celebrate its defeat. That's why we are here this morning. That's what we do at a funeral, but it's also what we do every single week. We are here to remember that our greatest enemy, death itself, has been swallowed up in the victory of Jesus Christ. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Ordinarily, outside of Christ... Death is terrifying to us human beings. And that makes sense. After all, we can't see to the other side of it. It's sort of like being afraid of the dark, but taken to the ultimate degree. I remember as a kid being faced with the choice of whether or not to leave my door open while I slept at night. Now, if I left it shut, it might protect me from the monster that would certainly be coming to devour me. But if the door was closed, then I couldn't see the monster coming. I wouldn't know what kind of monster it was, how many tentacles, what size fangs. It would remain unseen. And to me, that was way worse, way scarier. Not knowing was the worst. And so I slept with my door open. Because then, when the monster came, at least I could see it. Because I had to know. And see, death is just the ultimate monster. And the worst thing about it is that we can't see it. We don't understand it. We don't really know what it's like. It is in the dark. But we Christians have a comfort. We have a good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, promises Jesus in John chapter 10. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You see, Jesus will lead us just like a good shepherd leads his sheep. And he will lead us into what was once Unknown into a new pasture that we are unfamiliar with. But he will guide us. He will protect us. He will make the unknown known. What was dark is now light. He has told us what awaits. Let not your hearts be troubled. He comforted his terrified disciples. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. That's John chapter 14. 
And of course, it is Jesus himself who is the way, as he says, and the truth and the life. And it is he who promises us what this new pasture is like, that it is paradise. It's what he promises that thief on the cross crucified next to him. Jesus, remember me, the criminal begged, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus promised to do just that, to be that man's good shepherd, leading him into eternity. Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And that's how good our good news is. In Jesus Christ, there is good news even in death, even at a funeral, even at your funeral. Even there we make our song as we say in the service, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. And that's what this Easter season has been all about. For us, on account of Jesus Christ, death is not the terrifying, black, closed door end of things. For us, it is the beginning. It is a prelude to new life. For us, death is always followed by resurrection. When John asks the elder back in Revelation chapter 7, who this giant crowd worshiping the lamb is, he is told that these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Consider what this means. God knows your ordeal. He knows that right now, here in this place, you are going through an ordeal. That your robes are not white. That like that thief on the cross next to Jesus, you are an offender. And perhaps, perhaps that's how you feel this morning. Like an offender. And you are an offender, of course. That's why you're afraid of death. This is how it is for us humans. We suspect that we are offenders, and so death is a fearful thing because at some deep level we are unsure about whether or not there can be good news for people like us. And listen, you might feel that way if this is your first Sunday in church ever, or if you've been coming every Sunday for your entire life. Because remember, Peter, Thomas, and the thief on the cross all needed to hear the same good news. Peter and Thomas were disciples of Christ, his inner circle, his closest friends. While the thief was a criminal who had just met the man minutes ago when they'd coincidentally been nailed to similar torture devices and raised up near each other. And yet Jesus has good news for all of them. The same good news for all of them. And it is his good news for you today. You don't need to be afraid, he says. I am here. In me, there is redemption. In me, there is new life. I will wash your robes white. I will be your shepherd. Follow me 
to paradise. Picture that worshiping congregation in Revelation 7. It is from every tongue, tribe, and nation. These people could not, in the ways we normally think of, be more different. Young and old, black and white, wise and foolish, short and tall. They are from every corner of the earth. And yet they sing in one voice and wear an identical robe. Who are they? Well, they are those who have one thing in common. They died. But they died following a good shepherd. But their deaths here are cast as good news. Their great tribulation, life in this broken place, is over. Their offenses have been covered up. Their robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. And now they worship in spirit and in truth forever. And that is the story of life in Jesus Christ. And it is the good news for us. Even now. Even today. Because the worship that we are participating in this morning is a foretaste of that great, never-ending worship service in which we will one day participate. And the feast that we share today is a foretaste, literally a foretaste on your tongue of that great heavenly banquet at which we will sit, never to be hungry again. Today, we are that joyful congregation. In the movie High Fidelity, John Cusack plays a very self-centered but also kind of romantic owner of a record store. And he considers at one point his own funeral. Songs at my funeral, he says. Many Rivers to Cross by Jimmy Cliff. Angel by Aretha Franklin. And I've always had this fantasy that some beautiful, tearful woman would insist on singing You're the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me by Gladys Knight. But who, he wonders aloud, would that woman be? He doesn't know. You don't have to wonder about your funeral. You don't have to hope that someone sings a beautiful song. We sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. That's what we sing on this side at our earthly funerals. On the other side, we get an entire heavenly chorus singing for us. And their song rings out, salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. They are singing as they welcome us into the eternal worship that we are foreshadowing here this morning. That heavenly chorus is telling us something incredible. Something incredibly simple and something incredibly comforting. A profound announcement of good news. There is nothing to fear. There is no unknown. The door is not closed. It is not dark. 
Death, says the Apostle Paul, another disciple to whom Jesus has given new life. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? St. Paul is taunting death. And he can do it because he is not afraid. He has a good shepherd who has promised him paradise and from whose hand he cannot be taken. Thanks be to God, he shouts to the heavens, who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For this reason, because Christ has won for you, because he has defeated death forever by rising on the third day and in so doing has taken your sin onto himself and washed your robes white by his blood, you need not fear. You need not fear even death. You, even you, will be before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter you. You will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike you nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be your shepherd. And he will guide you to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. You have a good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who will watch over you and lead you now and in eternity. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if you live, you live to the Lord. And if you die, you die to the Lord. So then, whether you live or whether you die, you are the Lord's, secured in Christ Jesus. Amen.